to Sell Denver with Sean Modry and Brian Smith. Our guest today is Haley Hart. Welcome, Haley. How are you? I'm well. Good. Thank you. Very cool. All right. So everybody wants to know, who is Haley Hart? Tell us about yourself. Um, well, I have Denver agent. I've been in the real estate industry a little over 20 years now. Um, I would say... I was working in the title industry for about 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got my real estate license in 2012, December of 2012. Okay. And I was working in the the title industry while selling real estate. Okay. So what made you want to get into real estate then? Well, you know, it all started when I was like 18. It was the idea of sales and, you know that lifestyle, I think, to be honest. I was also really attracted the, to the really glamorous style. Totally glamorous. Um, like what? What? Uh, I'm totally confused right now. I like, just think... What movie did you see? All the wrong ones, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just watching the TV, you know, uh, what channel is it where they do the, the fix and flips and things oh. like that and seeing how people go in there and really help people solve their problems. I thought it was great. Not to mention I was always attracted to houses, you know, drive down the street and like, oh, look at that house. I wonder what it looks like inside and that sort of a thing. So when I was about 29 is when I got my license. It took me a year to do a four-month <laughs> program, but hey, I got it done. Yeah. And so you were in title while you were doing that then, getting your license, or did you leave title then got your license? I was in title. So I left the, the title industry in 2020. Okay. So you probably saw all the big checks, too, that agents were getting, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. <clears throat> yeah. And so now, so you created a team, basically, a, a brokerage, right? Yeah. So tell me about that. Um, well, it kind of just happened to me, if I'm being honest. Um, I always had the idea of wanting to have a team one day, and um, I met um, Brandy Elias, who was somebody that was in school, and um, we just started talking, and became Facebook friends and I was always encouraging her and everything. And when she got licensed, she was dead set and coming to work with me. And I was terrified. I didn't think I was ready for that kind of responsibility and being a mentor is serious, right? It's Mm -hmm. very serious. And I said, well, you need to go interview three other places at least, please. And ultimately she ended up coming to work with me. So (laughs) then the the group just started to grow from there. Um, Now there's 10 of us total. And it's pretty awesome. Okay. And so that first person, though, what was like the value proposition, I guess, that you were offering to her? Because it's interesting. Most people probably would have been like, oh, you want to come work with me? Great. Sign here. Yeah. Or probably not even sign here. It's just get your license and let's go. But that's interesting that you actually said, go interview other people. Well, I was scared because I only knew what I knew, right? And I didn't, I wanted to... I wanted her to succeed and I was nervous that could I help her do that at the time I wasn't very confident in myself to be honest I mean I felt good about what I was doing but helping somebody else was really just scary to me and she didn't care she said no I want to work with you I see that you're passionate and I want to work with you and you know I wasn't going to say no so I quickly made the right changes that I needed to and well, I think anybody that knows you knows that you have a very high attention to detail, right? And you're very compassionate and caring. So I think those two things combined are going to lead you to make good decisions, right? Like you're not 
I, I can't see you <laughs> getting yourself in a situation where you're knowingly doing something incorrectly or wrong. Right. And that was it. I just wanted to make sure that I was able to give her everything that she needed to be successful. Now, how long into your career was this in real estate? Like you got your license and how many years into your real estate license did this happen? Well, we're in December of 2023. This was March of 2020. Okay. Okay. Great. And so you had, uh, you must have had some success early as a real estate agent too. You know, I did. And truth be told, I was working full time in the title industry. I made a nice salary, vacation time, sick time, all of that. And I told myself, I'm going to ride this out as long as I can. And I really kind of just handled real estate as it came to me, if I'm being honest. Um, and then once I left the title industry, it was like, it's time to go. It's time to tighten my boots. So what are, what are some of the things you did then in the beginning to when you pressed go? We were just talking about that, actually, when you pressed go and you said, I'm going for this. What were some of the things that were important to you to do in real estate to get business? Well, to get the business, first of all, I needed structure because I had worked, you know, eight to five, if you will, for so many years. And now being completely out there, you know, self-employed, building that structure for myself was important. So like a daily calendar, that sort of a thing. Um, utilizing my CRM to keep myself organized was a big deal. Um, and really keeping in contact with all my past clients, asking for referrals. I've never really been one to market. Um, it, most of my businesses come from past client referrals, you know, repeat business, that sort of thing. It's interesting because coming into this from an, you know, from the restaurant industry for me, very entrepreneurial, it never would have crossed my mind to come in and think, okay, the first thing I need to do is write my schedule. Like that is such an interesting perspective. Well, also because most people get into real estate so they don't have to have a schedule. Right. right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I needed the structure. And I'll be honest, there's still times where I struggle with it because because of the flexibility that you have, you know, but I also have the, the character that if I have too much, I'll get off track and, and it's hard for me to come back to that. So I need that structure. What does that look like then on a daily basis for you? What's your structure look like? Well, what it's been, I'd say this last year has been different than what it was in 2020, because in 2020, I was really trying to prospect more and do more of marketing and looking for outbound business because Sean and I have had conversations before and you know, referrals are great. Repeat business is great, but you need to be able to generate business from outside of that. Um, and I was really working on that. Uh, this last year has been more admin, I'd yeah. say, um, because I haven't utilized an assistant or anything like that, which th all of that will be changing in 2024. Um, so yeah. So what's the daily, what, what's your day look like though? Tell me about your day. You're like a perfect day. Coffee yeah. first. <laughs> What time? That's is why coffee we get along. That's actually. why we. Yeah, you when know, I'm end? not a super early riser. I respect the people that are that way. I am not that way. Um, I start to wake up about seven o'clock and get my thoughts straight. Where you know, I know people that can just hop out of bed, and I am just not that person. Uh, so I get up, have my coffee, check my email. Typically, we'll update my files and my clients first, that sort of thing, and then whatever I've written out for myself the day prior is what I'll work on. So the day your day really starts the day before. Right. As you make a list, you make a, you know, this is what I'm going to focus on. Correct. That's cool. Very cool. That is cool. Do you dream about it when you do that? Sometimes. Or does that release your dream? Does that like. No, sometimes I dream about work. Yeah. 
Somebody, was it you that was saying recently that's like it's a good thing? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel that way when it's happening. <laughs> well, I think you have to tell yourself this is okay, right? It's and the point is is the conversation was that it's allowing your unconscious mind to process the information for you, you know, while you're sleeping instead of fighting that. Like allow your unconscious to to problem solve. That's what it's good at. Isn't it funny how people are so different? Because I think if I did that, I actually would probably stay up all night thinking about the next day. You know, what what do I need to do to be able to execute the next day? So, mm-hmm. so it's interesting. People are different. Like I would get up in the morning and I would make a list because that's how I think. I just want to shut everything off. Like 10 o'clock at night, I don't want to think again. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's interesting that that works for you. That's great. Well, I have found that if I don't do that, then I end up waking up in the middle of the night stressed about work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do have something in common, though. I'm not an early riser either. I don't get that. I don't like to get up, like, super early and get all that stuff done, even though I think that's a trait that some people would say is a successful trait, but I just can't do it. You know, the funny thing, I get up at 5 a.m., and I'm at the gym by 5.40, 5.45, and... I don't like it, to be clear. I, if it was not that way, but I know me, if I don't get up and go early when there's nothing else distracting me, I won't do it. Like, I, I won't go in the afternoon. I won't go, like, there's people who go on their lunch hour. I can't do it. So that's the only time. So I tell myself that this is my time. It's my personal time. And that's how it's like kind of my my little serotonin for myself. <laughs> that's the only way I, I do it. I admire that. I'm not, I can't do it. Yeah. I'll go to the gym at night in the evening, not in the morning. It's not happening. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the team then. So tell me about your team that this group that you have together. Well, where did they all come from? Well, um, they all knew each other basically. So a couple of the girls went to real estate school together. Um, just have known each other and I guess organically. I haven't actually yet been out there recruiting or anything, which has been nice. Yeah. Um, but they've all come to me because they've known somebody that's been a part of the group. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they must, uh, obviously the people that you have in your group, in your group, uh, think very highly of you because they recruited people to the group. So what is it that you do that, that uh, everybody loves about you? Uh, from what they say, it's just the level of support that I provide. You know, I'm there all the time for them, whatever they need, checking in with them on a regular basis and, and not just about work, just how are you, you know? Um, and they seem to really appreciate that. Yeah. I think in business, a lot of times that's actually a story I told a while ago is, is I had this, um, back in my previous life of being regional director, I had an office where I would walk in. And there were several people there. There were several businesses operating out of there from the regional owner. And one of those guys walked in one day and he said, how are you? And I actually started talking about the region because he was part owner of the region. And I said, oh, our numbers are up and blah, blah, blah. And I I just kind of went off for a couple minutes and he said, that's great. But I asked how you are. I didn't ask how the region was. And that, that just has stuck with me for years. It's not all just about business, right? Yeah, you right. should try to take some of your own advice, Brian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're, no, no, seriously. You're actually really good about <laughs> You're actually really good about that. You always check in. <laughs> I just had to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
So is there a value proposition, though, to these agents that you are working with, um, other than the you know personal support the, that you give them? I mean, do you do co-marketing together? What kind of stuff do you do to help them get business? Well, I mean, we're not um, a team, so to speak, from a traditional definition of a team, if you will. We operate more like a teamerage. I hate that word. Yeah. <laughs> is it even really a word? It's not a word, <laughs> but... You know, we could come up with something different. We're going to have to have a podcast about yeah. that. Because I don't like that word either. Yeah. I think it's weird, right? Yeah. I think it's weird. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. So tell me about that then. Or an indie brokerage, right? I mean, that's that's how she's set up within our system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess, you know, it really starts with that support and really trying to identify where these agents are at in their career and what it is that they need because everybody does need something different and support is different to everybody. Right. Um, when it comes down to, you know, their marketing or anything that I'm willing to do, whatever it is that they need help with, you know, and I know that probably sounds broad, but it's true. You know, if they have an idea, you need help executing it. Let's sit down. Let's see what that looks like. You know, what are your goals? How are you comfortable getting there? You know, like I'm not great on the phone, something Mm -hmm. I need to work on. Um, other agents are great at it. If it's somebody who says, I'm not the best at it, I'm going to sit down and do everything that I can with them to try to get them there. And if I can't, make sure that I get them to the right resource that can. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so, um, and, and how many people are in the, the teamerage, for lack of a better word? <laughs> There's a total of 10 of us. 10 of you. Okay. And so how's everybody doing in this market? You know, this is, there's been a lot of uh, talk about how the market sucks as we've said yeah right Heard people that. have said that and other people have said hey you know like we had an interview earlier with uh rudy mm-hmm. who doubled his business in the market so how's everybody doing in your group um there's definitely been some challenges especially with the the rise in the interest rates you know i think it's great that they're starting to come down a little bit but we all all know what that brings to the table as well um but it's definitely been difficult um I would say that there are a few of the girls that are still continuing to, to succeed and others that have had more experience with their clients just saying, hey, I need to wait. They're just not in the financial position with the rates being where they're at. I'd say that's probably been the biggest hurdle this year. And, and this is an interesting thing that you could even help us with, Brian, because Haley and I have a lot of conversations about this, is the difference between running a – because, of course, like when I met Haley, she's running an independent brokerage. And, you know, she's got 10 agents and I said, you know, you know, how are you handling some of these challenges like, you know, training, you know, education, high level education, technology, those kind of things. And that's what led us down this path to where we are today. However, the trap now is the balance between a team where it's like, hey, we are all in this to achieve the goal for the team Versus a brokerage, which is I'm here to support and help you grow your individual business. And so now we're at this place, and I'm saying we're, <laughs> as, as an advisor slash coach for you, um, to blend the two together. And I think this is where this Teamridge conversation kind of comes in. It's because it's somewhat of a brokerage where agents can, you know, have their own goals and and do whatever they need, but yet... Haley has goals that she would like to achieve with her group of people. So, um, yeah, how do you how do you uh, how do you cross those two together? Well, I don't think it's really any different than what you know this office is. You like you 
you have a bunch of people and everybody has a different idea of what they want to do to be successful. Everybody have diff- has different levels of success. And really what it comes down to is, is you know, what you can tolerate. Because um, I think a lot of brokerages, not just ours, but just in general, one of the things that they struggle with is there's a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that get into the business. And as you said, you know, you, you watch the TV shows and they look really glamorous and everything. And then you get into it and you're like, I'm not sure this is what I signed up for. Right. Cause it really is. It comes down to a sales or mar- sales and marketing job, finding the clients. Yeah. But there's a hundred different ways to do it. You know, there's a lot of different things. I made a comment one time uh, in one of my former offices where I said, you could do anything and everything works as long as you're willing to do it uh, over and over and over again. And I said, you literally can do a sign that says, I'll sell your house and go stand out on the corner of uh, Colorado Boulevard. And I think it was Mississippi where that <laughs> office was. And so an agent actually did that. Yeah, I remember that. Took out wow. bottles of water and passed out bottles of water with a sign. And he talked to people. Now, he only did it once. Yeah, I don't think he's in business anymore. Yeah, it's not. But if he would have done it every day for yeah. forever, then he probably would have gotten business, and, and then he becomes known as that person. So the cool thing about this business is there's so many different ways you can be creative and do it. Mm-hmm. But the number one thing that you have to determine is, is the effort that I'm putting into somebody, uh, the time that I'm putting in, is it worth what the return can be? Because at the end of the day, you have different levels of commitment too, right? You have different levels of commitment from people. And the ones that are challenging are the ones who don't want to show up in the regularly scheduled stuff, and then they want the last minute help. Yeah. You know? And so that's where you have to figure out, I think, what your tolerance level is. One of the things that I think works in all business is standards. So if you create those standards, it says here's how we operate, here's what's expected of you, then everybody can get along and you'll be successful. And if people aren't willing to live up to those standards, then maybe you don't get into business with them. Because I don't know very many people that um, in business would say, yeah, that person told me up front they weren't going to do anything and it turned out great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think top producers are attracted to, to higher standards, and I think Haley, Haley is an example of, of somebody who has very high standards, right? And as you know, I'm I'm kind of wired that way too, and I think that that's where we lined up is is to say, hey, we can perform at a higher level, and uh, we have expectations of people around us to perform at a high level. Um, so I do believe that that attracts. Yeah, I agree. So what does it look like then? So where do you want to take this business that you've created? Now you're with Keller Williams. You created a relationship with Keller Williams. So what's next? Where do you go? Well, um, to the top. All the way to the top. Yeah. That's the goal. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'd like to, being that there's 10 of us now, I'd like to double our group uh, by the end of 2024. I know it's a pretty big goal, but I think that we can manage that. Um, I'm really excited about the merge with Keller Williams because the resources that I've I've been able to tap into, I, I, I'm just blown away. And I'll be the first one to admit that. Um, and meeting Sean was just great. No, don't, um, don't say that. It, well, it really was. He'll you know? play that over and over and over <laughs> again. You know, he's probably going to actually turn that into a, you know, something he can like put as a ringtone. I'm going to make it Brian's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I definitely would like to double in size. Um, I'd like to get to a point where, you know, the group is consistently, everybody in the group is consistently doing well, right? I mean, I understand there's going to be those highs and those lows, but just really working out the path, getting there for everybody is my goal. Yeah. Well, I I would probably guess based on your past and your personality and your, the, uh, importance of structure that really the results of the sales isn't as important as the activities. Like when you say you want everybody to be consistent, like, is that more of an activity based thing or a results based thing for you? I think activity based because that will generate the results period. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm always saying you got to do the work mm-hmm. you have. I mean, how often do you hear that? You have to do the work and just getting a newer agent or even, you know, somebody that's been licensed for a few years, but isn't really doing much, getting them used to doing kind of a routine in their business, I think is so valuable because I didn't do that for the longest time. It wasn't until I went out, you know, on only was only selling real estate, didn't have that salary to, to rely on doing that changes everything. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because I, I, I do recall years and years ago working with new agents or newer agents and saying the worst thing that could happen to you is you get a deal right out the gate. Because if that happens, you're going to think they're always that easy. Mm-hmm. And then you're actually, as you're working to get your next deal, you're going to struggle and you're going to think something's wrong with you and you just don't realize it's just that hard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to consistently generate business. You have to always either be actively prospecting, actively marketing, networking or something, right, to generate that next deal. Yep. And, you know, if they think it's easy on the first one, then, you know, they get frustrated later. It's almost like you have to be humble. Like I remember in 1997, there was a guy that started the same time as me and he sold like his girlfriend, a uh, $750,000 house in 1997. Yeah, wow. That was a big deal. Uh, you know, the average sales price was 100000 And he walked in one day, and his name was at the top of the board, and he's like, I can't believe that everybody doesn't sell a house every month. This is easy. This is easy. <laughs> yeah, he never sold another house. Yeah. Right? And so that's important. You know, it's you can get lucky. I well, mean, Well, you and I know a guy who got a referral fee that was $75,000 back then, and... Uh, um, same thing. He's not in the business anymore either. <laughs> he, he thought it was easy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I know somebody that sold, I think it was 10 her first year, and I had to tell her, listen, this is not, this doesn't happen yeah. to a lot of people. So don't get comfortable. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, this is the work that you need to be doing. You got to do the work. And the second year was really hard. Mm-hmm. So are, are most of the people, so most of the people that you have now, or, or they started with you and they were newer? Correct. Right. So tell me the top three things you tell them that say, here's what you need to do to be successful. What are the top three things? Hmm. Well, the schedule. Hmm. You, you need to have a schedule of some sort. Don't give up. No matter what, you can't give up. Because if you do that, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Right. Schedule. Don't give up. And be fearless. Don't be afraid to try. I mean, look at me. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> you know, like, don't yeah, be you're afraid. You're a little nervous coming into this. Terrified. Thing. We're not so bad, Terrified. right? Terrified. Um, just don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, that's an important part, right? Because some of this is scripts and dialogues. And I love it when somebody says, that doesn't sound like me. 
You know, how often does that happen when you're teaching where you're like, say this, and you're like, it doesn't sound like me. Well, of course it doesn't sound like you. Do you sound like what you sounded like when you were 10? You know, you change the way you sound as you grow up. And as you get into business, what you say changes. You know, scripts work, I think. Absolutely. Okay. And so do your people, do they have a specific time that they're expected to come into the office? Like I always am amazed when people start in this business, um, how few actually have a schedule, a set schedule where they actually mm-hmm. show up. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. Um, and I think that's part of the challenge of our culture is that, you know, since we're not operating as an actual team, that I don't have that type of expectation of them. You are ultimately running your own business and, you know, you've got to show up for you. Yeah. So that's the that's kind of the struggle in which Sean and I have talked about uh, between the brokerage model versus the, mm-hmm. the team model. It's so interesting because we were we had a meeting last week, Haley and I, we were talking about her uh, ICA agreement, her independent contractor agreement, and we were going through it. And one of the categories was full-time versus part-time. And I think we both had kind of an aha there in that moment where we were talking about, well, if you know they don't have deals going, then their full-time production participation is to be in the office, lead generating, working on their business to do that, you know, at least 30, I think we talked about 35 hours a week as it's a job. That's a full-time job. And if you're saying you're full-time, but you're working part-time, then you need to tell me, being Haley, you need to tell me, um, are you actually part-time and saying you're full-time, right? Is And I think the old saying is, does the audio line up with the video, right? Is what they're saying lining up with their actions. Would you say that you're, you're basically your role is like a coach? Yeah, sometimes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, like, you know, when I think of coaching, I always think about the five coaching questions, right? Mm. What was your goal? How did you do? How do you feel about that based on your results? Um, what do you need to do next? Uh, I'm sorry. I skipped one. It was based on your results. Has your goal changed, rather? Oh, there you and go. then what do you need to do next? You know, so I think one of the things that people confuse is, like, they confuse coach and consultant. Okay, so like a consultant is somebody that helps you kind of come up with an idea or solve a problem, right? A coach is somebody who holds you accountable to doing what you said you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like Sean is a Sean uh, has a coaching business, and I think he should maybe change that title to coaching and consulting because you love ideas. Yeah, you love like helping solve a problem. That's probably how you two met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I think that um, she actually read my book. She did. Yeah, you didn't. That that was the one, the one person that did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you want to give a plug for your book? No, that's number one on Amazon. Still, still. Okay, you don't want it. To, no. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, I I think that's the key. Is is like we were just talking about this with a previous guest about. How when you have an idea, a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, they think and think and think and think, and they never press go. Mm-hmm. Like a coach is somebody who's going to say, okay, it's time to go. Press go now. Yeah. And then you adapt and you change. And you know, business isn't like a straight line. I mean, you, you have an idea and you think it's the right thing to do, and then you get into it and you go, well, that, actually, we need to tweak that. And so I think it's 
uh, coach's role to make sure that you're doing the activities that lead to the end result that you're looking for. But the coach can't want it more than mm. the agent. Oh, yeah. That's true. So talk about that. Like, um, Well, I mean, it, there's been challenges, of course, where, you know, I noticed that there's somewhat of a lull or where I'm then saying, okay, let's sit down and let's talk. Where, where are you at? Where, you know, what headspace are you in and how can I help you? Um, and I think being able to, you know, notice when that's happening is huge because it doesn't take a lot for somebody just to step back and say, you know what, I can't do this right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and thankfully I have such a, a, a nice relationship with each one of my agents that I typically know how they're doing most of the time, right? You know, I'm talking to them on a regular basis in group, you know, both in our group meetings and, and individually. So when I'm sensing that there's something there, I'm, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Is there something I can help you with? Do we need to have a meeting? That sort of a thing. And it usually comes out positive. Yeah. Usually that's when you start to see, okay, I need to get back on track and being able to try to help hold them accountable for that. Yeah, I think a lot today, I mean, it's so easy to get um, out of a rhythm, you know, like there's social media, there's all kinds of distractions, there's all kinds of things that can make you feel bad about yourself too. I mean, you know, that's what why social media was yeah. uh, developed, right? So we, everybody could see who, what vacations everybody's going on and measure <laughs> yourself. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> my vacation was in, you know, Indiana and yours is in Fiji, yeah. right? And so it's easy to get caught up in that. So you play a little bit of a role that also of a like a therapist mm. for business. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes. There's two things I took away from her conversation. One was as a coach or as an independent brokerage owner, broker owner, um you feel responsible for your agent's success, right? And that can weigh on you, right? And this is where those having those clear expectations for everybody. Are you full-time or are you part-time? Because if you're part-time, that's fine. Let me know and I'll stop beating myself up because I feel like I'm, I'm failing you as a, as, a, as a broker owner. Did you feel that way at times? Absolutely. And I've had those conversations yeah. with my group. And then the other thing I realized from what you were saying is – this need for that smaller intimacy is important too, right? Like the, the brokers that are working with you, they, they, they have that deeper relationship and that deeper connection. And I think that's really cool that we can, we can offer those different environments, you know, um, it's through, you know, that, that Keller Williams allows us to do that. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Yeah. So, so you're, um, as an independent uh, brokerage, what attracted you to Keller Williams then? Well, it all started because I went to a class that Sean was hosting. And the message that I got from him was that, you know, it's not, the right move isn't always for somebody to sell their home. You know, if somebody's facing foreclosure, there's all these different things that you can do to help them. And that your job is to help them, not necessarily just sell their home. And that really hit hard with me because I feel the same way. Hmm. You know, I'm really passionate about helping people, um, especially somebody that's in some sort of financial distress. You know, so hearing somebody else who you know has made it as far as he has and saying that it's, that's not always the best route to go, I thought that was great. It showed me who who he is, his character. 
Um, so after that class, I walked right up to him, shook his hand, and told him who I was. <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My goal there was to hopefully coax him into coaching me because I recognize there are th- things that I can learn about and do, you know, be better. My goal is to always be better. Um, and not just for myself, but for my group. Mm-hmm. You know, the stronger I am, the better leader I'll be for them. Um, so we ended up meeting here in the office and we didn't talk about that class at all. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> he got me. We're he gonna, got me. <laughs> we're going to come talk about foreclosures. I don't even think of the word came out. It didn't. Yeah. Until the end, you said, I guess we're not talking about foreclosures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so in my conversation with him, you know, what I loved is that he wasn't trying to like help, like hard sell me. It was, we were just talking like two normal people. Um, and he asked me a question about, you know, well, why are you where you are? I said, well, I get along great with my, my business partner. Um, maybe a bit of a false sense of security. And he said, well, what are you getting? So I talked to him about that and he said, well, you realize that Keller Williams offers something similar to that. Right. And I'm like, keep talking. So we went over all of that and I said, well, this is, this is great. And kind of went over the resources and something that I knew I needed to do differently for my group was I needed more resources because being the broker owner, right? I'm everything, Mm -hmm. you know, all the meetings, all the trainings, I mean, everything. Um, and that gets, it gets difficult after a while. Um, and not having the right resources, um, I just knew I needed help. And coming to talk with him, it was clear that there's so many resources here that it would really help me kind of leverage my time, still maintain my position, be able to help everybody, um, but also be able to still produce and do the things that I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I'm hearing from you is, is that your biggest value is is the support of your people. So if you were constantly as an independent owner, having to come up with your own systems and and, and by the way, the industry changes like every, I don't know, now it seems like it used to be every yeah. 10 years. Now it seems like it's every three years, yeah. or maybe less. Seriously. And mm-hmm. technology and all those things that you have to have now in business. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up. And like, no, about, I am not a social media person. I am not great at social media, but I recognize the value I'm of it. I'm not either. So <laughs> you and I would hang out and get along really great. <laughs> Brian doesn't know what Tiki Talkie is. Yeah, so I don't have TikTok. What is the Tiki Talkie? My wife teases me all the time because I still do not use TikTok. I struggle with it. I, I just y'all missing out. I just I'm just saying, there. like, you want to waste three hours a day? That is the place to do it. <laughs> Does Sean send you like crazy TikTok videos too? Like, no, no, no. You might want to keep it that way. <laughs> so bad. Um, but my point is that I'm not a strong person to teach anything on social media. You guys have all kinds of classes on that. Yeah, we do, not you guys. Well, we do. Yeah. You're right. We do. Yeah. That's right. It, like the one that's coming up on, I think it's the 31st, Yeah, is it? Yeah, it sounds good. like it's going to be huge. I mean, really looking forward to that. On December 31st? Maybe it's January. January. I was going to say. Or January 30th. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one with Nick Baldwin and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leslie. Uh, yeah. Leslie and... Um, was it Krem? What's his name? Uh, I'm not sure, but anyway. So, um, so yeah, just actually being able to focus on what your gift is, which is support people, mm-hmm. and not focus on having to build the infrastructure. I think that would be a huge value to an independent brokerage owner. Absolutely, especially because it frees up some of your time to continue to have sales too, which helps keep relevant 
in the business. You know, like I took seven years, eight years off of selling. I didn't sell for like seven, eight years. And, you know, I remember some of my coaching clients are like, Sean, it's not that way anymore. Like, you know, they're like looking at me like you're crazy. You're not, you know, you don't understand. And so getting back into sales a few years ago and getting out there and meeting with clients and talking to them again, I'm like, oh, okay. But it wasn't a 180 degree difference. It was 15, 20 degrees off, but it just made me feel like, okay, now I can better relate or better understand what they're saying. Um, so I think it's important to stay in production. I personally do feel that if you're, you should be in production if yeah. you're leading a group, because as you guys just said, you know that real estate changes quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, uh, you know, some people recently have asked me why we do this podcast. Okay. Hmm. And, and I think when the way that I see it is we do this so we can keep up to date with what is happening out there yeah. and what people are uh, doing to build real estate businesses, interviewing people to just say what's working, what isn't working. And the interesting thing about it is, is like I said it earlier, is it seems to be like everything is working. I mean, yeah. you know, for the most part, people have an idea, they run with it, they do it really well, they attract other people to that idea, and then they keep filtering in more people who have the same, let's say, values, mm. okay, for what they do. Because we've talked to all kinds of people, and some people are pretty much like, yeah, you know, we do 100 deals a year, and we show up whenever we want, and, you know, we call yeah. people, and we don't have a lot of structure. And then we have people who are like, every day we get up at mm-hmm. 5 o'clock, and mm-hmm. we do this, this, and this, and this, and then by 9 o'clock, then you have to, have, you know, talk to five people. And, I mean, it's amazing how this industry is when you think about it. Yeah. You got to stick to what works for you. That's right. It's your personality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would think that um, I, I can understand why people are uh, in business or attracted to you because you have very calming presence. And this can be a really chaotic and, you know, yeah, like scary business some days for people, especially people who are newer in the business. It's really intimidating. I, I see new agents when I talk to them. They, they Too many agents get lost in the shuffle. And I don't even mean just brand new agents. I mean, just... Yeah. Agents in general. Um, and my goal is to empower agents through education with that support. You don't necessarily need to belong to a quote unquote team to be successful. I've got you. We've got you here. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's it, it can be really intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the problem. The, OK, so here's the trap with a team is a team can a lot of team environments can put on too high of expectations for people, right? And, but then not being in part of a smaller group, there's very limited accountability. And I think we forget that accountability is caring, right? Like, we, you know, we ask our kids to brush their teeth and to take a shower, not to hold them accountable. It's because we care about them, right? And right. so, like, that's what accountability is. It's like, hey, I care about your goals. I care about what you're trying to achieve. And so what you're solving is that, that in between, right? That, okay, you're not on a team, but you're not in a, you're not alone in, in a brokerage either. Right. right? I just thought of the name. It's not Teamridge. It's a care bridge. Care (laughs) bridge. I I don't like that one either. (laughs) (laughs) But you think about it, but that's what it is, is you're, your intent is to make sure that everyone you are in contact with that's in your group is successful. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And they define their own success. That's right. Some people have super high goals. Some people, you know, they just want to be here and make some extra money, whatever. That's right. Okay. And, and I, you know, I was part-time for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, you're, you'll never be successful if you're not full-time. And I don't agree with that because look at where I'm at today. Yeah. Well, the, you know, let, let's get real. Most agents are probably part-time, right? <laughs> Even the ones that don't have another job. Yeah. But, yeah. The, you know, the thing about that is, is people don't understand that being an agent also means evenings, weekends, yeah. holidays, and all that. So it is um, uh, different. Well, and in fairness, like you look at like June, May, June, July, you could be working 12 hours a day, five, six, seven days a week. So when it's November and December, it's okay to take time off. Like right. take time off because it's we actually operate almost more like a like a seasonal business, like a ski resort, right? Like you know, you're not going to go and jump on the lift in in the middle of June up at Winter Park, you know. But right now it's pretty busy, so uh, there is some forgiveness there. You know, we 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 raz agents, you know, because it's fun and we all like to beat each other up, but. Um, but the reality is, is uh, it's not a full forty hours a week, fifty-two weeks a year. It's just that's not the consistency of the business. Yeah. All right, Haley. So I'm sure people are going to want to get in contact with you to inquire about uh, being involved in your organization. So how do they do that? Um, they can call me. My phone number is seven two zero nine three eight one seven two two. They can email me at Haley at newkeyr.com. Um, Haley.integrityg.com, social media, Haley Hart, realtor. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pop in the office. <laughs> pop yeah. In. yeah, she Come has her in. own office. They have their, the Integrity Group has her own office at, uh, what's the location again? 6279 West 38th Avenue, Unit 9. Beautiful office. Very cool. Right in Wheat Ridge. We love it. Well, very cool, Haley. Thanks for being on here. It wasn't so bad, huh? wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. I mean, you know. You guys is, are gentle. Thank you. I that's right. You. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, and yes. uh, talk to you soon.